Hey, this is Jesse, George, and Robert, and you're listening to BitBytes, an analytical discussion about gaming. Thanks for joining us. The last podcast, I think, we were talking about the nominees, and then they haven't. I feel like every worthy game got an award. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty happy about that. But anyway, one of the things I was just talking about before we start recording was... I think there was more new IP announced than reoccurring IP, and that's yeah. really exciting for this new year. Mm-hmm. And, George, you were also mentioning about all of the new consoles. Mm. Mm. Yes, give me that <laughs> sweet, sweet Xbox brick. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, don't know anything except what it looks like and the little conceptual teaser about what it's going to deliver. But, yeah, kind of excited about that probably get more excited especially at this year's e3 lots of new games announced that are in development one sweet hellblade 2 that's coming yeah. out <clears throat> yeah you saw that are you yeah. excited oh i'm so so freaking excited it was a really awesome yeah. trailer it was yeah. Awesome, yeah. awesome awesome it tickled everything that i wanted them to tickle <laughs> nice anything else uh, pique your interest i mean there's a new PS5 game that was well uh, PS5 itself PC. you know that is that something that's being released this year yes they did announce that it's coming holiday of this year right up Ooh. with uh, the Xbox so it's gonna so be head to head and Switch is gonna be playing with its blocks in the corner and be like we're cool with this Switch yeah, yeah. we're having fun yeah. is our fun. local PlayStation expert gonna upgrade her oh. system I don't like upgrade if there's no games to play um, I would just wait until E3. So, like, well, with the PS4, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I am totally calling this now. I expect Horizon Zero Dawn 2 to be a launch game. Mm. Um, or if not, like, launch holiday, launch early 2021. But uh, with the PS4, I waited. I was like, I know Battlefront's coming out on this. And I know they're probably going to do a special edition PS4. And guess what? There was with a nice giant Darth Vader head on it. Mm. And so now I got that special edition PS4. So I'm going to... Wait till the time is right, but um, it's as cool it, as it sounds. Like it'd be hard to replace that. It's a it's definite buy for me. Like I'm already so, PS my PS4. I love it to death. But do you know for sure is the Xbox new one going to be a buy for you, George? I don't know. If they if they keep going the way what they've done with the PC crossover stuff, I might just stay on PC. Mm. Oh, they're um, robbing themselves of a console purchase. There's actually a couple articles about that too, but that's the story for another time. Well, that's a good sure. we should have that conversation later in the year one more comes out because like do you think that's their intention to like become fully I think it's becoming less of the hardware side and it's more about the subscriptions and the you They want to get out of hardware services and you and, know that sort of stuff. Yeah, that makes this sense. This is why I was so afraid of this happening. I guess it benefits us. In the end, because mm-hmm. we just have more options and then we can be picky and just do whatever we want or wherever we want. As long as Nintendo keeps making their wacky consoles, I'm happy. <laughs> Speaking of subscriptions, I've also heard that Google Stadia is not doing so We're, well. It wasn't that protected for this year, too? Uh, Google Stadia is already out. It's already yeah, it out. released a few months ago. So I am so it's, out of this world. Have you heard the same th- <laughs> thing I have, which is that when it works, it's really cool, but it usually doesn't work. Yeah. So it's just like, in terms of the infrastructure, the streaming, it just can't keep up. So you end up like, you're playing the game and then you'll get a freeze frame and then three seconds later your character is like 30 yards ahead of where they were and they're like in a ditch. Because the game is not like feeding it fast enough to whatever your device you're playing it on. 
Do you guys feel like outside of games too, like these giant companies, I'm thinking Disney plus specifically, but you'd think these giant companies, Google, Disney would have the money to put in proper infrastructure and the data. Both of them have the data to know realistically how many people are going to be using it. And oh. like they don't build it properly or they're okay. not like that just seems so weird that you have all these launch problems. The tech isn't up to par yet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a matter of throwing money at it. Right? Cause it, you're talking, you know, a few milliseconds, mm-hmm. you know, of timing that you need for especially games that are like competitive. Yeah. Or, you know, as a first person shooter type game. And even with racing games too. Yeah. It's like you need that instant. And people have you don't know what type of connections they have, what yeah. speeds they're paying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone needs fiber, I guess. Yeah, because essentially the way they set it up with the tiers of speed, it's like you can just buy your way to like a flawless game experience and beat everyone because your game is actually Yeah showing up they also changed a lot of they increased the price initially um for the buy-in and they changed a lot of like the the model from what they initially allowed announced to what it actually became because they're like oh we can't exactly deliver what we initially wanted to deliver Hmm. are you so when the tech actually catches up and they can't execute on their original vision and it's like a pretty seamless experience are you interested in that option I'm interested more so for the side of it becoming like the YouTube for game developers where you could, you know, you can have your own game studio channel or whatever mm. and you can invest in such in a way that maybe you haven't really been able to invest in, you know, a company before. Oh my God, I would love that. Yeah, that'd be cool. <clears throat> I mean, Epic Games, I think, is trying, or the Epic Games store is trying to kind of be that where you can subscribe when you buy a game from the Epic Game Store, you can also subscribe like to the newsletter of the you know the company that you're buying the game from, and there's a lot more you know the funds go more to the actual you know companies, which is why PS4 exclusives and stuff are getting on the game store because they're getting more money. Okay, well, the future is looking potentially bright for yeah. different avenues of how to play games. Mm-hmm. So. What about the actual games we're going to play, though, 2020? What's coming up? What are we excited about? Mm, there's a long list. You want to start a long that list? list that should probably be edited <laughs> in real time. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that I'm most excited for this year just got delayed. But it's okay. It's not the end of the world. They're doing the... From my understanding is Cyberpunk has been delayed because of <laughs> squash and bugs. Mm. Sorry. I saw you wrote on the outline, outline Cyberpunk 2020. Cyberpunk 2020. <laughs> That's not the I year. I want it now. <laughs> subconscious made it's me It's been write. delayed to 2077. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get to play it. Sorry. Um, the game you're talking about is Cyberpunk 2077. 2077. Yes. But still 2020 release, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it'll be this year. I think the estimate is like September-ish. Something like that. So I, you're excited about that too, right, mm-hmm. George? Oh, yeah. The game's going to be super fun. Oh, yeah. Aren't you interested in it too? I, if it is as customizable as everyone is saying mm-hmm. it's going to be, and if it's like very open world, lots of different possible quests you could take, I think I, yes, I'll be on board. Cool. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Um, but don't worry, I'll beta test it for you. Thanks. I'll get it the day it comes yeah. out and then be sick out of work for a couple of days. And then I'll let you know how it is. I expect to spend four hours in character customization. If I can't get that, then what's the point? Mm, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. 
So yeah, I'm super stoked about that game. I, George and I both are, I think, excited for Doom Eternal. Oh yes. Um, I, they just dropped another trailer for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So oh. it's it's kind of more of the same. It's just like a hype video, basically. Yeah. But it does what it's supposed to. Yeah. I'm hyped. Give me that. Give me that now. Yeah. So much adrenaline. So that looks like it's going to be really good. And then I got one more. So this isn't a full-on game, and I actually didn't hear about it when it was announced. Jesse brought it to my attention. But Pokemon Sword and Shield, that's the first Pokemon game I've ever played in my life. I somehow made it through my entire life without playing any Pokemon games until now. Don't worry, guys. We brought them into the fold. (laughs) It's okay. I've made it, finally. I got Shield, and I've really enjoyed it. I think for some people who have like a long running history with Pokemon games have expectations and baggage maybe that like I don't. So I'm just coming into it as like a new player and I'm like, oh, this is all so cool. I'm experiencing it for the first time. So I was really into it. It's really long. It has like a lot of by the time you get to the the end of it, I felt like I got a lot out of the investment because it kind of does ask a lot of you. But like in the end, it's super rewarding. So they just announced an expansion. It's like a two-parter and it's the best part of the game in my opinion is the wild area i love that it's like this huge open world area where you just roam around you can see where pokemon are like they don't just jump out of you from tall grass it's like you actually engage them if you want to sometimes they jump out of you it's like no you got me but um they're doing two more of those so it's like a beach one and a kind of like you know mountain mountaintop frozen tundra type deal and it looks super fun. I'm excited about that because I think it's going to expand the roster. You're going to have some more gyms to go and battle. And Ooh. Oh, man, I'm just full on Pokemon now, aren't I? <laughs> you hear this? Anyways, have you played it, George? Kayla has Pokemon Sword. And I saw that there was expansions to that because I knew I know some of the more hardcore fans were upset that they felt they kind of got shortchanged by it. But, you know that's not different from any other franchise putting something out there. So it's going to be somebody upset. So that's interesting that they're, you know, doing an expansion pass, if you will. It's not like a bad game. Like I've played a little bit of it so far and I'm enjoying it. I haven't played for a few generations. So the last one I played was gen four, but I have a feeling as they like broach this new, like 3d, not really open world, but like, you know, these, these large areas, wild areas, new way of playing it's almost like the ocarina of time of like it's barren but there's stuff to do and i only imagine with every new generation they're going to get better at filling the world um and become more of a breath of the wild in 10 years maybe (laughs) Um, yeah yeah it's a foray into as a totally new player to the franchise it's a foray into like a new aspect of the formula so they'll just get better at it over time Mm -hmm. actually kind of hoping that they'll even do that with this expansion Mm -hmm. like maybe they'll just add a couple more things in the first one a couple even more things in the second one mix it up a little bit that would be awesome yeah and i think it's really interesting too like this model that nintendo kind of noticed them doing it with their what i would guess are like their most resource intensive games to develop is they're increasing the shelf life especially for the games that have online capacity where they have servers and it theoretically has a longer shelf life just because of that. But then they do this thing where they like trickle out DLC. So they keep people engaged and like peak their interest at certain points. So the way they're doing the DLC is like, it's evenly spaced out from the release to the first DLC release and the second one. So people will, I guess will keep coming back to it. I think that's something they've been doing the past two years. Like, I think that's sort of part, they expect that out of every 
main IP they put out. Yeah, it's really smart. Yeah. And it's working. Mm. Anyways, that's all I got. I got some other like little ones. Uh, Animal Crossing is coming out. Dying Light 2 is coming out. Halo Infinite's coming mm. out. Spelunky, Spelunky 2 is coming out. Watch Dogs Legion is coming out. Those all look interesting. I'm not like psyched. Yeah. But I'll, I'll see what people say. If they're like, oh, it's super awesome, I'll check it out. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, George, what do you got? It's coming out in March, I think. Or in the Will of the Wisps. Mm. Been waiting so long. That's one of your favorite franchises. Yeah. The Blind Forest, the first one, super amazing game, super beautiful, just like a really sweet story. It's a lot of fun. Mm hmm. And so they're, you know, expanding on it with the Will of the West. They announced it like I think in 2017 that they were you know, this was coming out. But yeah, it's good that we're a few months away. Would you say that's a Metroidvania in yeah. terms of genre? Mm-hmm. Nice. It's a Metroidvania. You acquire skills and you you slowly get more and more powerful as you progress through the the maze. Nice. So does it look like the sequel is going to be more of the same in terms of genre? Yeah, it'll still. Uh, well, I don't know. The game's not out yet, so <laughs> we'll <know>. see. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm guessing it probably will be as just kind of expounding on the first one. Nice. I put on my list Metroid Prime Four. Be- You're getting hopes up for 2020 release for that because uh, uh, it's not going to come out in 2020. <laughs> okay. I know that. However, I think we might actually see something this year because back in September, this is a rumor. There was a posting that this guy found that he says is irrefutable proof. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Clickbait. Uh, And uh, there was a listing for a third party, either person or studio, to start working with the studio that did the original Metroid Prime games. I guess they've done basically all the the pre-production for it, and Mm -hmm. now they're actually building the game. And so there was a listing for this entity to start working with the art director to execute deliverable, final deliverables and stuff. Mm. So yeah. it's very possible that we might see something, at least something this year. We don't, I don't have to have the game, but give me something. Give God me damn a teaser. It. More than a title. <clears throat> uh, Death Stranding for PC. Can't wait for that to to land. Jesse has apparently been mm-hmm. deep, deep in the <laughs> oh, Death Stranding <yeah>. waters. <laughs> I'll talk about it later. The Marvel's Avengers project I'm kind of excited about. It was initially a thing for spring and they recently pushed it to fall. A lot of people pushing their games. I'd yeah. rather push, them push, do that. Push. Do it if you need to. Yeah. yeah. So wait, hold on. Do you, have we talked about this? You don't have any problem with the character models? Have you seen? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're it's different. Like yeah. Almost, yeah. but not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Does it bother you at all? No. Well, good for you. I guess you. Because I, I mean, I like Marvel movies, but I'm not like, oh my gosh, Marvel. You know, Robert Dopey Jr. It's like, what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah, it looks the same. Yeah. Cool. It sort of bugs as long me as now. It's, it's as long as it is a fun game. I don't care what the characters look like. It looks yeah. super fun from what I've seen. It's the gameplay wise. The character models sort of bug me because I do feel like they're trying to be too close to the movie center rather than just go far away from that. But that doesn't like dampen. Like I still am interested in playing, so I guess it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Doom Eternal, also very excited for that. Yeah. Woo. And of course, you know, Cyberpunk. I did not know that they punted it. Yeah, not kind of Aww. a bummer. Uh, it was supposed to come out in April. 
Yeah, the day after my birthday. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, wow. You should have sent him a personal message. I should. Give Can me I an early a, copy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the uh, final V2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also definitely excited about Hollow Knight Silk Song, which is the sequel to Hollow Knight. Ooh. I didn't um, know you were big on Hollow Knight. Oh, yes. I love Hollow Knight. Nice. Um, My brother loves that game. Yeah, it's... Yeah, there's you go to a whole thing on that. But uh, Bayonetta 3, they announced that a long-ass time ago, and still haven't had anything. Yep. Watch that come out. I hope so. This year, and oh, watch please. them do another DLC character in the second DLC pack. No. No, yeah, it's likely. Mm. I can see it. I don't wouldn't be super uh. stoked about it, but I could see it. <laughs> Basically, this second pack of DLC characters, I would imagine I could just see it as a great opportunity not to look back, but to like hype for future games. Like if Nintendo's planning smartly, I could see it as okay, this is being developed right now, it's going to be released this year, develop this alongside it. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a cross cross-platform marketing opportunity. Mm-hmm. They yep. should, uh, if they really want to, you know, they should incorporate uh, Microsoft and, I don't know, put uh, one of the Forza cars as a playable character. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Just a car <laughs> driving around Just and, like, over jumping and... Yeah. <laughs> How does a car grapple someone? I, I want to see How that. How does a they piranha plant You put it in the grapple. driver's seat and then you, like, throw oh, them yeah, out. There you, you like, go. spin throw them out. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, ways. There's ways. I wouldn't put it past them, honestly. <laughs> Oh or maybe gosh. it would be like a gag, like kind of what they did with uh, bon- Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. And be like, oh, it's King K. Rool. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's <laughs> I'll take it. Um, so, uh, yeah, excited for Hollow Knight, so song, Bandana 3, um, Diablo 4, because I really Ooh. enjoyed Diablo 3. Mm. Dude, that <clears throat> freaking trailer is nuts. Have you seen it? Yeah. It, was- it is crazy. Ooh. That is some of the like most amazing computer graphics yeah, stuff I've ever seen. very impressive. Um, and obviously, I didn't think I had to put it on there because if you've been listening to the podcast, you know by now, you know, I'm big on Hellblade, so they're making the second one. Don't know anything except some of the kind of the concepts that they teased in the, the teaser. Open world exploration, maybe. Um, they'll fl- probably flesh out the combat a little bit more. And then also excited just to see if they do more with what they did with the first one, which was the whole psychosis, mental illness, you know. Yeah. So, so do we know what the release date is for that or estimate? I'm going to guess that it will be either at the release of the new Xbox or right on the coattails of that. Yeah, that would make sense. Because they have a game coming out this year that's the MOBA but it's a fighter instead of a shooter. Oh, interesting. So that it's kind of like the Overwatch, but without guns. Okay. Be interested to see that. So, so George, you've listed all these games. And I have a bone to pick with you because the last time we talked to you, you were talking some mad crap about Borderlands. And what's on your list? What are you psyched about this year? A bunch of sequels. Yeah. <laughs> Explain that to me. <laughs> The gap between Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3 was a lot longer than, I guess, what you would have for kind of a typical sequel. Because they did, like, some spinoff stuff before they actually made a proper sequel. Yeah, that's true. Because it hasn't been that long since the first Hellblade and Diablo 3. Yeah, because Hellblade, not this past year, but the year before, I think, came out. 
So it'll either come out at the end of this year or sometime next year, probably. But you know what it has been that long for? Metroid Prime? Don't mess it up. Oh. Don't mess it up. Oh, my God. I think no Nintendo's pressure. taking it seriously. Our hearts are, <laughs> are very, very sensitive and fragile right now, Nintendo. Ta- don't hurt me. Please don't hurt taking me. taking it seriously. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the main stuff. I'm sure more stuff will come to light as E3 comes. More games will be announced at that time. We'll get new consoles, features. All of that will probably be talked about along with you know the games that are currently in development that they've already announced so we'll get more we should go to e3 this year uh no playstation's not going again again yeah they're doing their own thing and now that ea does their own thing playstation's doing their own thing in the foreseeable future should we go to the playstation thing yeah we should go to playstation (laughs) two people two out of the three don't have playstations but okay (laughs) um that could be changed very quickly (laughs) we'll share one I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I guess this is a different discussion, but like it's sort of a if they came back this year, that's like, OK, back to normal. They just didn't want to go last year. But it's sort of a scary thing to think about of decline of E3 might be a thing. Not sure. Anyway, or uh, just an evolution of E3. It's like it's no longer just everybody meets here at this expo. Everybody has their own thing. Might not be an E3. It might just be a collective weekend where. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Please don't just sprinkle everything out all over the place. Please just like Buy consolidate and tickets and I all mean, that stuff. Make it logistically just, easy for me to go to everything. Well, like no, yeah, that's the that would be the problem though, is that like I could never go to the EA things when I was going to the E three things because they would line it up over the E three things. To compete on purpose. And, mm. you know, those are separate tickets and stuff. Yeah. So I don't want to have to try to get five different tickets that don't overlap with each other for different things around the city. Anyway. Uh, but sorry. you'll have to get five different tickets and potentially go to different cities because they may not all be <laughs> in the same city. Okay. Anyway. Jesse, I think it's your turn. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about when that gets closer. But yeah, you guys already listed a few I was interested in. Cyberpunk interested um the avengers i'm interested in so you're not so weirded out to where you won't even check it out no i'll i'll check it out i think i need it might be one of those unless they have really good pre-order bonuses but i might like wait a week and see what general consensus is for cyberpunk or no for um avengers because i'm already i think i'm excited about the promise of the avengers but if it doesn't live up to it i i don't think i could get over the trying to be the character models being a little too uncanny valley with real people. Anyway. Robert Downey's done. You gotta just let him go. Uh, well, I just, I just don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, do, I like do, do your own. Th- anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, outside of that, the only other big one I'm looking forward to is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because I never played. The what? F- that surprises me. That surprises you? I never played the original, and I know everyone loves it. And I played a little bit of 14, and I played all of 15. And I really like, it's like really pretty graphics, and it's fantasy setting, but also sort of, it's like a weird mix of realism and fantasy. And um, I think I was a little disappointed by, like, there's lots of things I liked about 15, but I feel like it didn't live up to its full potential. And everything I've seen of Final Fantasy 
7 remake just seems like a full potential scenario reaching the full potential so maybe a uh, blueprint for Final Fantasy games to come maybe I don't know I really like the fighting style of 15 and it seems like the whole turn based outside of Pokemon I have limited patience for so I really like the more active fighting that 15 had Uh, so if they do something like that in seven remake, I'm I'll be excited about it. I want the, I want the. Uh, I think they're they're supposed supposedly have a combination of both. Yeah. Where you can you have a little bit of turn base if you want it, or you can just real time smash your way through. Yeah. 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 So I'm looking forward to experiencing that story that I feel like I missed out on, and it looks absolutely <clears throat> beautiful, and that's one of the reasons I have a PlayStation. <laughs> It's funny, I don't think there's that many in 2020. I'm looking forward to like big ones. I still have a backlog. There were so many that got released at the end of last year. I still need to play Pokemon Sword, and I need to play Jedi Fallen Order, and I need to. I wanted to play more routes to Fire Emblem Three Houses, and now they. I have the DLC for that. I just haven't gotten to touch it because sure. so many games. Um, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor baby. There's so many. Forgot about it. But yeah, there's a lot. And I, I basically am not going to be short of games to play. I'm yeah. very excited. And, you know, I got really excited, too. I downloaded. I hadn't played Battlefront 2 since the f- it first came out. But they had a bunch of free, if you bought the original, add-ons and expansions with all these new characters and gameplay modes and worlds. And I sort of want to try that out, too, because they, they recently released their whole <laughs> saga expansion, Complete mm-hmm. Saga. So that and... oh big one i don't know if i'll replay it because i watch i've played it so many times and then i've watched other people play it so many times but i'm gonna get on robert about playing the xenoblade chronicles remake for switch is that this year i think so yeah okay so um i want someone hmm? they're making a remake of the first one they're it's what would you call it would you call it a remake remaster hd remaster is probably a better word but i think they're it's more Definitive than just edition. like the Twilight Princess HD reskin. It's like they're making models that look more like the Xenoblade 2 models. Got it. So it feels like it fits Xenoblade 2 aesthetic. So basically, I want to use this opportunity to get more people into the Xenoblade Chronicles fan base because then if there's more people in the Xenoblade Chronicles fan base, that'll push the next new game to be released. And that's the one I'm really looking forward to. But I would love to watch someone. I would love to watch someone play this HD remake. Yeah, you can definitely see that. I guess in order to play the HD remake, I have to first finish two. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. Because I still haven't finished it. I'm so sad about that. <laughs> wow, yeah, this is significant. And it's Looking not just like an HD remake. It's not like they're smoothing out edges. Like, they're it's stylistically design, yeah. making it match the second game. It's That's definitely cool. more like cutesy anime. They're trying to make it look. But it sort of works for this type of game so that's really cool yeah i'm so i'm definitely gonna be begging one of you to play this um (laughs) i have a hunch yeah about final fantasy 7 it's not gonna be just for ps4 i have a Mm. hunch that it's gonna come to pc Ooh, Mm. i would definitely play it if it was a pc game i think they already said they're releasing it episodically really so i believe this spring they're releasing the first whatever chunk chunk yeah which is sort of surprising 
to me, but we'll see how that plays out. Is it really that much content? It's a well, you play the original, right? No. Oh, it's a massive game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge game. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna view 2020 as a catch up year on games I haven't played yet and a few more new ones, but. Or it might be, just be like Metroid, and they'll have to scrap it and Don't. <laughs> start over. <laughs> yeah, 2020 is going to be a good year. Good year for games. Yeah, it's already looking good, and then there's like the inevitable along the way. We'll get some little nice things we didn't anticipate, yeah. I'm sure. Um, so, okay, we got to talk about games that people have been playing recently because mm-hmm. there's some there's some things to catch up on. We got to start the new year with a clean slate, so we got to get things off our chest. Starting with one, George. Yes. You've been playing a Star Wars game. Uh, Tell us about it. Without giving anything away, because there are people here that haven't played it. No spoiler. <laughs> that is literally, I'm starting it this weekend. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Okay. What um, game is it? Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It's a mashup of, it's got kind of a Dark Soulsy formula, but there's a mix of Tomb Raider in there. What does that mean, Dark Soulsy? As someone who hasn't played Dark Souls, but heard here's that thrown around a lot. It's a much more difficult Star Wars game than in the past. Mm-hmm. Not to the extent of Dark Souls. So when people say Dark Soulsy, they mean punishing, difficult, yes. a challenge. Yeah. Well, challenge? it's a specific it's, kind it's of a combat more, cadence. It's Star Wars games traditionally in the past, except for the RPG ones, um, are more like. You're a Jedi, and you can kind of obliterate everything. Mm-hmm. This, this is not the case in this one. Your combat in this game is very much... You have to be much more strategic about mm-hmm. how you attack, should you attack. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, there were a couple times uh, that I just plain skipped enemies because <laughs> I didn't want to fight them. So, nope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nope. I also I like, played so- it on one of the hardest difficulties, too. So, oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. I... Because there's four difficulty modes. Mm-hmm. The the two that I played, I obviously don't have no idea about the you know the super easy and the medium difficulty. I do know it. It is kind of nice when you cho- choose difficulties. It gives you a gauge, and the gauge changes depending on uh, which difficulty you choose. Mm-hmm. So it like shows like enemy damage given, and it has like a bar graph, and yeah. then some other criteria too that changes depending oh. on the difficulty. So you can you an change idea. it within the game mm-hmm. as you're playing yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. And as from what I can tell, there's no penalty for changing the difficulty. Yeah. It's also a very full rounded experience. They didn't plan any DLC for the game. Yeah. Like you the you get what you get. I mean, they may change some stuff. I don't know. Um, but it's like it's intended to be like an all in one experience. Did uh, you get that feeling when you finished it? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I wanted more after I finished it. Oh, I was really? like, well, why is it over? I want more. Is there sequel bait? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think for sure, you know, as as well received as this game has been. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Play like longevity of the length of the game. It's pretty long. Yeah. It's not like it's no Death Stranding. Well, what's pretty long <laughs> to you? How many hours did you log? Um, tw- <laughs> From start to finish for the like the main campaign, I think it was like 25, 27 hours. Really? Yeah. I could see why then you, at the end you were like, I want more. Yeah. Um, but that's also because it's like it's very good. Yeah. Uh, the characters in the game are very well written. Mm-hmm. They feel very real, very part of the world. They explore 
some stuff in Star Wars lore that hasn't really been explored before. Oh, we'll see. We'll test I mean, my... Yes, it's been t- <laughs> talked about, but like you get to kind of go in depth on some stuff that yeah. hasn't really been, you know... That's encouraging. I like when they do that. Yeah. yeah. So you get some new... You get to go down some new avenues that you haven't really gotten to go down before in Star Wars world. I'll check it against my Clone Wars yeah, yeah, yeah. knowledge. We'll, we'll see. Uh, oh, we'll that's see. the other game that it uh, is incorporated is the Metroid style. What? Oh. In what way? A, um, it is a... For the most part, it is an open world thing. However, it's still kind of somewhat linear and like there's not all these other side quests that you do. You're kind of going to this point, but the way that they design the world is it feels open world. Because mm-hmm. the first like 10 hours that I was playing the game, because you go back and you revisit stuff, I got lost very easily. Oh, really? Because <laughs> the, the maps are very sprawling. And if you've ever seen any of Respawn's, uh, work in their other games like Titanfall, mm-hmm. they do an extremely good job of showing a sense of scale mm. to their worlds. Because in Titanfall, the at least the single player mode that they made for the second one, there's you can see an immense sense of depth in all of the landscapes and everything that you're yeah. in. So it feels very grand. So definitely. They killed it in that sense, too, on Fallen Order. It's like the worlds that you're in are just like this massive. You're just like, oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to play. At uh, (laughs) the world. So, yeah, Metroid in the sense of you kind of you start with nothing. You become something much greater at the end. And it's kind of a maze-like thing. And, you know, anyway, I won't say too much more. I have one question that. that you can spoil. Okay. Well, two. Okay. One, can you customize your lightsaber? Do you want that spoiled? Yes. Yes, you can. Two, oh, nice. Do you basically get all the options up front, or do you have to collect things? You have to collect. And oh, is that an optional better. collect thing? What do you mean? Optional? Like, is it? Do you get it just as you play the story, or do you, can you go out of your way to get things? Yes and yes. Ooh. I'm so excited. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, you can. Oh, thanks. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will say too that in going back to the Dark Souls formula, it borrows a lot from Dark Souls Mm -hmm. in terms of the gameplay because Dark Souls, you have campfires that you sit and that recharges you. That Mm. also resets all the enemies. It resets all the enemies in Star Wars too. (gasps) No rest for the wicked. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So you may want to play on one of the easier difficulties. Yeah, I like a little bit of a challenge, but I don't. I am mainly playing for like story and a fun time. Yeah. But part of my fun is I like a little bit of challenge, but I don't want to redo something twenty times. Right. You know, to get past it. I did some. I did stuff. Really. Twenty times. So would you recommend (laughs) out of the the four levels, if one? I did. uh, Jedi Master is the second hardest difficulty. That's what I played it through it initially, and I'm playing it again the second time on Jedi Grandmaster. So would you recommend for me Jedi Master? Start. I mean, yeah. Start with the Jedi Master, and mm-hmm. if you feel like, oh, this is too punishing, then mm-hmm. go down to the the one before that. So I did an astral chain. I started with the punishing, then I'm like, wait, <laughs> I need to get used to this. Went down, and then went back up once I was comfortable. But um, combat is very satisfying. Yeah. The your force powers uh, and stuff, you know, are are really cool and are also very satisfying. The enemies, there's, you know, there's a lot of variety of enemies and, and such. And so that always feels fresh and new. And 
the only one thing that I really didn't like about the game was how long you have to wait when you die. To More incentive to not die. To not die. <laughs> Is it just a loading time thing? Mm-hmm. But aside from that, there's basically like no loading time. You're playing it on PC, right? Uh, no, I play it on Xbox because me and my brother have the thing set up on Xbox to where when I get a game on my Xbox, he gets it too. Mm. Ooh. So we usually like split costs for lots of games nice. that way. So yeah, I've been playing on Xbox. I would have loved to have played it on PC because, oh my gosh, it the Xbox doesn't do it justice for yeah. the graphic fidelity of the, the world. Mm. But yeah, aside from dying low time, there's basically like no low time for awesome. the rest of the gameplay. Okay. Nice. Lots of cutscenes, lots of story. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. Nice. Sounds like a must buy. Oh yeah, it's it? if you're a Star Wars fan, you you got to get this game. It's one of the better. People were saying too that like aside from like Knights of the Old Republic and some of the like like Holy Grail mm-hmm. games, it's like the best game we've gotten of a Star Wars game in a long, long time. Wow, yeah. cool. Well, let's Can get I this see? wrapped up so I can go play. <laughs> yeah, I. Just finished last night because I wanted to finish. I wanted to talk about it. Kojima's Death Stranding. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, th- this is sort of funny because when those early trailers came out, I had no interest whatsoever in this game. Um, it Those early trailers didn't give me anything. It just looked like weird art house films, like little short films. I'm like, what am I supposed to get from this? And even when more started getting released, I was like, there's nothing really that drew me in. But the last trailer before launch, I think, that came out and it gave me more of a plot and more of a reason of why I am do what I do, like traveling across the land, delivering packages, et cetera, et cetera, really got me excited. And funny enough, I find I find it hilarious that I'm the one that played and finished before you guys. You guys seem like the ones excited about it early on <laughs> well jesse we don't have i know and i'm gonna keep rubbing <laughs> it in <laughs> um anyway i you know i love story driven games and i saw in this a really interesting mystery sci-fi like you're discovering the world and whatever um, apocalyptic thing happened to create the world as it is. And you're learning more about it as you play. And then you're learning more about the future and where it's going as you play. That was, from a story perspective, incredibly fun. The other half of it that make, made it such a fun time for me was I love side quests. I love getting to know people in the world better and doing things for them. And then if you do things for them, you learn more about them or they give you little perks that you don't need in the game, but it really makes gameplay a lot more fun. So I completely understand why a lot of people might not like this game because it is essentially you are, you are a delivery person doing fetch quests. Like that is the point of the game. (laughs) Um, But in doing that, you explore new areas, you traverse new areas, you have to do a lot of inventory management and make sure you have the right tools for the job and you're continuously upgrading those tools so you can do a better job. I really like it's... Oh, I'm sorry. There's three parts of this game I really like that I think make it different. So I love all that inventory management, um, upgrading side of things if you like that. There's lots of it. Can't get enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> Deep dive. But I understand if that's like minutia and like really annoying tedium for people. If you're not that type of gamer, don't don't go for this. 
Third part, I've talked at length on this podcast about how I think Journey is one of the few games that has a positive mm. online experience. And in sort of a similar way to Journey, this game has a wonderfully positive online experience. Mm. And it's sort of similar to Journey in that you never see anyone else in the game. You don't see other players running around online. But if you log in, you're in a server where you can see other people's structures that are built that help you move around the world. It's like you don't have to carry that extra ladder because it's probably for sure someone already laid down a ladder in that area. Or maybe if someone hasn't, you lay down your ladder and you're helping someone else. Um, I would say he's created a currency of like, of liking things, likes, like social media. If you go up to a structure, you can like it and you have a certain amount of seconds where you can keep hitting the like button and you can see how many person, how, that person, how many likes that structure got. Um, and other people do that to your structure. So like throughout the game, basically you're racking up likes, you're giving likes. It's the more likes you give, the more like you're able to see that person's other structures. It's not guaranteed you'll see everyone on the server structures, all of them they built. So it's it's wonderful incentive to give appreciation to people because you're more likely to see more things that'll help oh. you in the game. That's um, cool. It is wonderful. You could randomly yell out like, hey, I'm Sam, which is the character's name. <laughs> and if there are other people playing in that area, you'll see like a little pulse of like, and you'll hear a little echo like, hey, I'm here. And you can sort of see where they're. Oh, that's cool. Like you don't see them, but you see their echo there. So cool, yeah. It's like this sense of. Community. Community. And it's a thoroughly positive and it's so rare on online gameplay. Yeah. And like they, I, when you play at the end, they give you like a tally of all these different scores and um, the NPC likes I got from like little fake people porters running around i got like a hundred thousand i got two hundred fifty thousand from online players mm-hmm. for my structures crazy yeah um which is like sort of mind-blowing when you see it, like what <laughs> that many people liked or used my uh it's it was just a really cool feeling um another stat is i spent 107 hours in this game so <laughs> Uh, I when I like a game, I like a game, guys. Um, anyway, the the story it was so Kojima. I'm not gonna spoil anything. It was just very Kojima, a little indulgent in times, but it was a really cool sci-fi story. Uh-huh. And I feel like most of the main questions were answered, or answered enough that you can sort of imagine your own sure. answer for other areas. But um, I do feel like he was trying to mix gameplay and cinematic experience in a very interesting way. And I'm, I look forward to the next one he comes out with. I got a question for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is the music? I love the music. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is a really cool thing. Um, because you're traveling across like quote America, it's very different than the America we know. It's very empty it's basically a landscape. There's not even like animals or anything. It's just interesting landscape, the wind blowing, the rain falling. And there's really not, there's no background music for most of it. But when you enter a new area or a new story section, sometimes like the camera backs up and you get a really cool shot as you're following him walking. You're still controlling him, but then 
subtle, really atmospheric music starts to play. And he's picked a playlist. Like he, this is sort of awesome, but I learned later he picked a bunch of songs that have already been released. They weren't made for this game, but they just fit the tone mm. of these sections really well. And that starts playing. It's very like indie. How would you describe them? It's like indie. Yeah, it's like indie atmospheric. atmospheric uh, soft. It's not singer songwritery type stuff. It's mm. very like about Ambient. the tone. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the tone. Yeah. So it's just so cool. It just makes you feel like you're awesome. Mm. <laughs> it makes uh-huh. you feel like you're now, in a movie. I've, I don't know. I've heard too that there are like there are points in the game too that are like very emotionally like weighty. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, there. Oh. <laughs> ah. Yeah, it's the more I can't wait. Yeah. Hurry it up. I can't wait yeah. till summer. Yeah. It's a weird mix of because you're basically living through a horrible event that has made living life very difficult. And so everyone has either a sense of like, what's the point or not, or like, we got to keep fighting. And like, just by you being there and connecting and delivering packages for people that can't deliver them, like basically helping people survive is very rewarding in that way. Story wise, you're connecting, you're connecting the country. Yeah, it's purposeful. It's purposeful. So the story is like very, very directly connected to whatever happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're. I, I think you're gonna like. It. I hope. You oh, do. I, I, I already know I'm gonna like it. Yeah. The the only thing I'm I may not like quite as much is the kind of the traversing and like the spans between you know big key you know parts of the game. Yeah, I think I'm. I definitely. It's easy enough to get to the key story points. I'm the type I'm like, I want to get everything yeah. and I want to see everything. So sure. that's probably where a lot more of the difficult traversal comes in. Sure. Or like, oh, I got to prep this specific thing and that specific thing and I can't forget this and all of that. And eventually I, I became infrastructure queen of my game. I like built all of the roads and I put in a lot of basically things that made traversing easier mm. quite as soon as I could. Sure. Um, that's something Did it for the likes. <laughs> Did it for the <laughs> likes. If you, if you drive on this road, you need to give me a like. <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah. So I, I'm curious what your thoughts are. I'd love to get a different perspective, but I recommend it. If any of those things I listed off sounds fun to you, it's a, it's a good oh, time. No, I'm like, I was already, I, I mean, I was sold when the first thing trailer came out. If, if I didn't try to get like every prepper to like five stars, probably it's more like a 60 hour game. Okay. Um, that's but still so that's still much very content. meaty. Yeah. 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 How big is the game? Like size wise, like file size. File size? Ooh, it's big. Probably. I can't remember. It's a big old I game. remember having to down sit there and let it download a bunch of updates when oh, I first gotcha. got the game. Um, All right. Yeah, it's oh. it's meaty. Yeah, when you're traversing the world, like there's no like loading new area. Like it's only when you're going to a rest shelter that like there's a loading period. But basically the the longest loading it's actually the op- when you die, it's very quick that you get back in. But um you definitely don't want to die, though. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. It's getting into the game that takes the longest to load. Mm. It takes quite a bit. Continue. I'm sure there's probably like a 20-minute cutscene at the beginning of the game, too. 
No, like every time you load your f- save file, like oh, hit, gotcha. hit like I load, gotcha. yeah, yeah. go get a drink or something, come back. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, couldn't recommend it enough. Five stars for me. So things you love, things that, man, I kind of wish they did better. Um, something that got really annoying to me after a while is they have little mini cutscenes for going into your shelter, resting in your shelter, getting up from your shelter, like getting back outside the shelter. Like any time, basically it was highly discouraged to rest. <laughs> gotcha. Um, well, even like dropping off cargo. Yeah. Dropping right? off cargo. There's a whole little mini cutscene where you put it on the conveyor belt, it goes away, and then you get the little thank you, or you recycle something. There's a scene you you stick it in there, and there's a scene for thank you. It's. <laughs> I think they downloaded an update where you can you skip it, you hit the oh, okay. start, and then gotcha. you say, "Do you want to skip?" Yes, but I shouldn't have to do that. Every I wish I could just turn it off. Like anyway, oh, um, they'll do it for the PC port. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Pays to wait. Yeah, that's like really <laughs> annoying. Really, like, show me. Okay, if you have something new to show me, do it then. Um, sure. They would rarely change. The only time I would say don't skip every time is when you're coming out of your shelter because they'll do this little thing where you see memories, mm-hmm. and each time it's different. But eventually, you start coming across the same memories, and that's when I started skipping them. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, I think that's a, it's very much a, it slows the game down and you just want to get out and get to it. Being that it's basically, probably augmented a bit, but Mm -hmm. basically the same engine that Horizon Zero Dawn was used. Mm -hmm. Did you find like similarities between the two games as like you played? Just in terms of the way that it looks. In terms of the way it looks, yes. It was like very smooth and grand. Sort of probably similar to Jedi Fallen Order, I would imagine. But it's it feels so different playing it because in Horizon Zero Dawn, she's very agile and like she's going to run or walk or crouch and it's going to be fine. In this game, it's you are a person and they make that very clear and you stumble across that rock that's sticking out of the ground. Okay. <laughs> um, you're going to find in your first walk, like your first yeah. thing you do. It is like you're going to be tripping over everything. You are a weakling. You're a weak little (laughs) delivery person. And so there's lots of times where I'm like, you have to hold both triggers to like grip your backpack for to be more stable. And I'm like, I was like gripping this the entire way. I was gripping both triggers the whole way to that first destination. So I wouldn't trip. Yeah. (laughs) So it's very clear. Like you can use one of your um, abilities to one of your tech pieces to scan your surroundings and it'll give you little indicators of like oh green is flat and orange is rocky and red is you're gonna fall so got it um it's very much a they want you to feel it the traversal they don't want to be oh you're walking over a pretty mountain yeah (laughs) yeah okay robert yes (laughs) i imagine you have been playing some things yeah i mean i kind of talked about at the beginning of pokemon is the most recent excursion i've had i spent a lot of time in it I don't have a ton to report, to be honest. I finished Smash, mm. but I told you about that. We talked. But about did you it tell the audience about that? Yeah, I finished Smash. I mean, that's all there is. To <laughs> there, really, I mean, year later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm glad I, I kind of spaced it out and didn't try to do it all at once. Even though you could, and some may have done that. 
I could <laughs> see that being fun too, just like trying to like get to the end. But they, they kind of do some like, oh, it's the end, just kidding. Oh, it's the end, just kidding. Oh, it's the end, just kidding. And it's like, okay, are we, yeah, no, this is the end. Okay, great. Credit roll. Got it. Um, it's very Japanese. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It's it's really long and expansive and interesting and there's a lot of content. So I feel like I definitely got my money's worth out of it for sure. Yeah, I actually, I think I said on Discord, I um, hadn't actually finished, finished Adventure Mode because I didn't know that there was another tier Yeah. Um, until like maybe a month ago. Mm. So, Which ending did you do? I, well, I did all of them. I did like you did all dark, of them? and then I did light, and then I did together. Oh wow! But you said it's like it's not really worth doing all of them, right? Uh, it's it? you don't have to do all of them. You yeah. can do the, well. Did you get the special thing that lets you change the music for the menu when you open the game up? Is that a post post finishing the game award? Yeah, I don't remember. I think I just kind of was just like I'm gonna be done with this. Yeah. <laughs> I have um, to look at it. Yeah, that's it was the pretty only thing awesome. is where you can go to the settings and you can change the main menu music. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do that. Nice. Um, so, but nice. yeah, no, it's um, that's cool. I have sunk some major time into take it for what it's worth in Call of Duty Modern Warfare. <laughs> George, no, no. <laughs> is it good? Yeah, is it good? Yeah, do you no, like it? There's no problem if you have fun. Yeah, no, it's it's a fun little um, competitive. Thing I, I might take it a little bit too seriously, but um, it's fine. <laughs> Are you playing the online mostly? Yeah, so I've already the campaigns on, is short. It's not yeah. um, anything comparable to a you know, single player experience. I take it you're playing with your brothers. Yes. Nice. Yeah, that yeah. that definitely makes it. Um, it's been the kind of the primary game that we've been playing for the last few months. Is mm. this one that was a remade? It's or? not remade. It's like a rebooted, more so rebooted so it's new content just under the moniker of yeah an older because mm-hmm. it's like you've, you're getting familiar characters and stuff in the single player campaign that you got in you know previous mm-hmm. of that particular this particular franchise um and uh your um multiplayer they're bringing maps back from like some of the previous games just oh, redone okay. yeah um not and not only like redone like graphic wise but they added new sections of like old maps and stuff yeah they and i think they they did the best job that they could to prevent in the the level design of the maps problems that they've had in past games that were you know frustrating the the maps in here are much more open Mm -hmm. than they have in the past yeah so there's a lot more opportunity for people not to be able to just like sit around a corner and wait for somebody to come by. Yeah. Cause there's so many different ways that people can come in on you. Uh, watch they, your three and your six and your yeah. eight and your 11. Yes. <laughs> um, and they actually have like a, if you've noticed at the uh, top of the screen, they have kind of the Fortnite, you know, compass mm. at the top. So you can tell when people are firing and, and whatnot. So, um, and then the difference in this one too, I think from past ones is, your gun, there's a few set guns in different categories. Like you got your assault rifle, your sniper rifle categories. But then in those, you have different base models and they have different stats, starting stats. But then like the stock that goes on the back of your gun is customizable. The, the 
little sight thing that you put on your thing is customizable. The barrel that goes on the front of your gun is customizable. Oh, wow. The little muzzle at the end of the barrel is customizable. Okay. Um, you can get different magazines that hold different capacities or do different things. You can get different uh, grip tapes for, like, your handle and stuff that affect, you know, how the gun yeah. performs and stuff. So that that's kind of a cool little addition that they've done. Yeah, so, that's a surprising amount of granularity in the modification. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I mean, it's a Call of Duty game in the sense, too, though, that you're still going to get frustrated because uh, there, there are some people that are very good at the game. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. Um, let her, let her, um, let the noobs play. Have but fun. what's also cool about this one, too, is you ha- you can play with all platforms. Oh. So Ooh. like PC can play with Xbox cross platform and PlayStation. Xbox yeah. can play with PlayStation PC. Everybody can play with everyone. Nice. Oh, that's really cool. Um, nice. The difference being that if you you as a PC person, if you want to play with everybody else, you have to use a controller. Mm. Oh, okay. So there's a setting in the main menu settings before you start. You know, you open up the multiplayer aspect of the game. Interesting. Um, that you know it'll tell you crossplay has been enabled when you use a controller. What are um, your thoughts on that? I like that. Cause, uh, now I will say, I don't know if it's people using some sort of workaround or not. I don't know exactly, but I have seen, cause it'll show you in the, when you're waiting in a lobby, it'll show you icons of who's in your game. So it'll have like the PlayStation icon, Xbox logo. Mm-hmm. And then for, and then right next to the icons, it'll have a controller. Mm-hmm. I've seen some for uh, the PC because it has the Battle.net logo next to it. Some have had mouse and some have had controller. So I don't know if that's like somebody had a hack or worked around it or so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's certain game modes support both, you know. But um, you can definitely tell the difference between somebody using a mouse and somebody <laughs> using it's, yeah, it's not fair. Wait, yeah. so I'm. Um, unfamiliar with this because i don't play these games sure. on pc uh is it easier on a um, mouse and keyboard mouse versus keyboard? oh yeah why you be much more precise with your accuracy and, much, and but much more snappy too yeah because think about it you can quick whip your mouse like really quickly and like if you, you have a high sensitivity really, really for your mouse calibrated you mm-hmm. can do like a 180 in like one move if you do that with a controller it's going to be a much slower move oh okay. yeah. turning all the way around or trying to you know the precision with the the joysticks is not even close to what you can get with a mouse. You well, can be I, very granular with the. I, I I guess I understand the the quick whip, but like I always found with the joysticks, like finding my target has been easier. Hmm. I understand the slow. Like maybe that's just because I'm not as. It depends on the person on it, too. I mean, if somebody's not accustomed to using a mouse and keyboard for games, yeah. Um, there's definitely, you know, that kind of learning curve, Um, but I I could definitely understand like, it's just faster to move around. But if you're somebody who's had at least some experience with, you know, shooting games with mouse and keyboard, it has a higher ceiling. Like if you spend time with it and develop your muscle memory, Mm -hmm. I feel like you can achieve like a much higher degree of overall accuracy. Oh yeah. yeah. And you, and it, and it is a thing too, where you can definitely do stuff that's more complex, easier with a mouse than you can with. You know your control. Yeah, yeah. That being said, your your movement and some of the other peripheral actions that you have of like crouching or running or your sense of movement, like walking, mm-hmm. 
um, is better on a controller. Yeah. Um, because on a keyboard, you're having to push different keys yeah. you know, to activate that stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of like a binary with the mouse and keyboard in terms of movement because yeah. it's like you're either crouched or you're not, you're moving There's or no, you're not. There's no like, sense of you know, zero to 100. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so okay. it's not superior. Interesting. In every way. <laughs> Um, and then of course they have, you know, traditional call of duty formula. You get so many kills without dying. You get special rewards that you can rain down death on your enemies. Mm. Um, nice. But you do uh, on a regular basis. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. And then they also added some new tiers of models of guns that they haven't had in past game. They added a marksman rifle category. They tried to, they've done a lot of tweaking with guns because I mean, call of duty is just a, a sense rehashing the same yeah, yeah. You know, stuff. It's just making little tweaks here and there. In past games, people, I guess, have had issues with, you know, in the sniper rifle class, you can set up your gun in a way that, you know, if you take time to practice with it, a sniper rifle is essentially if you hit somebody with it, they're dead. Yeah. Um, there's no, like, hit them multiple times with, like, a little assault rifle or something like that. You yeah. hit them, you know, in a in the kind of the core area they're gonna die mm-hmm. um people have set it up to where because there's time that it takes when your gun is at hip level versus when you're looking down the site mm-hmm. you can set it up to where that's basically instant oh with certain you know uh customization options so people had gotten very good at Uh-oh. being able to mm-hmm. because obviously when you're hip firing it bullets yeah. go everywhere yeah <laughs> When you're down there, it's very, you know, pinpoint. Yeah. Um, so people got very, very good at being able to, and they had a term for it too. It's called quick scoping. Oh. So there's still a little bit of that in this game, but what they've done with the, at least the sniper cross is it's no matter how you kind of set it up, you're not, you're not going to get that quick snap that you got in previous games. Yeah. But the marksman rifles, however, you can get pretty close to that quick snap. But there's a lot of uh, trade-offs that you get. Like, and there's a little laser thing that goes on your gun. Mm-hmm. When you quick snap, that laser activates, and people can see your laser. Mm. So things kind of like that. That's like yeah. a you can try that, but you're also painting yourself as a target for yeah. doing that stuff. So nice, interesting. I wonder. So all of this stuff like brings to mind old days of Halo, mm. playing online stuff because there's like equivalent you know, little weird things that iterations after iterations of the game, they would slightly tweak and yeah. add and remove. I wonder if they're going to do something similar in terms of the cross platform play where you have to be on a controller. If you're on a PC to play with people playing on Xbox, that, I'm interested. I would to see love, what they do. I would, I was going to say like this, uh, you know, granite call of duty is also like a triple a as triple a can get. Yeah. Um, the amount of resources and stuff that they have, you know, to pull off, you know, they're able to do something like that, um, for lower end games that maybe don't have the money or the resources or connections or whatever to do that. You may not get that as much, but I would love to see more games do that. Yeah. I think it's brilliant, but I also think it's, you know, they're able to do it one. Yes. Because they have the resources, but two call of duty makes a crap load of money. That's true. Yeah. That actually might be a great segue to a closing topic I was hoping, starting in the new decade, we could talk about that I recently shared with you guys. Saw a posted list of the top 10 highest selling games from t- the 2010s. Mm-hmm. And guess what was at the top? What's at the top? 
all the Call of Duties. What? So and yes, they have a lot of money. Grand Theft Auto at the very top. Of course, of course. <laughs> Generally towards the top. Yeah. Um, I just think this was sort of an interesting list that I wanted to talk briefly with you all about and then maybe speculate if we think it's going to be similar for the 2020s. Mm. Um, just because depending on like where, where have games what? mainly been and where yeah. are they going? This is this list is I didn't look at this before. Uh, this well, is we'll weird. post the list on our on our site um, if you go to this episode page. Right. But yeah, number one wasn't surprising at all. Um, GTA Five, uh, Grand yeah. Theft Auto Five. But what I was just alluding to of uh, Call of Duty has lots of money. They were two through six, and then eight and nine, and then eleven and twelve, yeah, and, and fifteen. 15. <laughs> so, um, so like. 60% of yeah. the like we'll, com- we'll complain about, you know, they keep making these rehashes. It's the same thing, but they do it because it obviously sells, yeah. um, which I find a little sad, but that is the way it is. And as much growth as I think the video game industry has had, people still like what they like. And I guess a major player base, you know, play plays these games, so... I think that's also attributed to the console market. Call of Duty is on the PC market, but prior, they're much... I mean, yes, it started originally on PC, the original Call of Duty. Um, but ever since kind of consoles became a thing, that's been their like main player base. Yeah. Um, and in terms of competitive games, yes, there's Overwatch, there's League of Legends, there's all these other competitive games. Mm-hmm. But you know, in my mind, Call of Duty has been kind of like the kind of multiplayer to go to for a competitive experience. It's just surprising to me how many Call of Duty titles come before things like Minecraft, Skyrim, Mario Kart, Breath of the Wild. That's so weird to me. Minecraft is 10. I thought that'd be in the top three with as big as it is. Yeah. It's 10. That's amazing to me. I'm not surprised Red Dead Redemption 2 is on there at seven. I am surprised that's higher than Minecraft. Mm. Um, That's pretty amazing. I will also say, too, just to give you kind of a sense of spectacle, too, I'm pretty sure they still have it, but they have three different studios that all work on Call of Duty games mm-hmm. yeah, so that they can release every single year. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Versus like Rockstar, which has the number one and number seven spot, but it's a single studio. Yeah. It's a big one, but... Yeah. 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 And the fact that Nintendo only has one, if I'm reading this right, it's just Breath of the, Breath of the Wild. Wild. Look at all of these. There's Is that uh, Mario, Mario Kart 8? 8? Where? Number uh, fourteen. Oh, I read that as Mortal Kombat, but uh, it could be. Is it? It could be Mortal Kombat. <laughs> MK8, guys. What is it? <laughs> oh my God! What is it? I would not be surprised if it's Mario Kart 8, though. If there is any Nintendo game that would sell the most, I would imagine a racing Mario Kart, Mario Kart yeah. game would do it. Um, Destiny will have its way in there too. Yeah, Destiny exclamation point. Somebody nice. likes Destiny. <laughs> Either way, even if it's Mario Kart or Mortal Kombat. Correct me if I'm wrong. Can you go back? Oh, yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but only Red Dead, Minecraft, Skyrim, MK8, Breath of the Wild. Five out of 20 are non-fighting games. Those are Battlefield, aren't they? Yeah. Only five out of the 20 are non-shooters. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I don't know if I like that very much. I mean, like, I get it. Like, I, there's some shooters. I, like, Star Wars Battlefront, um, Battlefront is 20. I love that game. I love that shooter. But 
Like, you just think it'd be a little bit more diversified. Right, right. um, Especially with all those Call of Duties on there, you think, oh, people would gravitate towards one and buy more of one. But anyway, I I guess I'm curious your thoughts if you think the 2020s, like let's say in 2030, if we had a similar list like this, do you think it would be very similar of a majority of shooters or do you think it's going to diversify the next decade? Uh, That's hard to say. The trend over the last really like 20, 30 years has been remakes. Mm-hmm. Will there reach a point that nobody wants that anymore, potentially? Well, I guess there's a difference between remakes in my mind and like, I guess I'm asking too, remakes and shooters. Right, but what I'm what I'm getting to is there's a lot of Call of Duties and stuff and Call of Duty has become mm-hmm. kind of the the staple of, you know, intense action competitive you know experience there's single players or you know very high octane you know stuff they've kind of they've over time developed this you know immense following and such and people you have people have love-hate relationship with it but people you know still buy it so i think some of that isn't going to change i i mean it could diversify a bit more mm-hmm. potentially but, I mean, you're always going to have your shooter games. You're always going to have, you know, you're kind of sandboxy with a, you know, staple as a shooter. There's just something about the formula. Now, don't get me wrong. I, mm-hmm. I love me Skyrim. I love me, you know, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the grand spans of the gaming catalog, tra- kind of traditionally the first-person shooter games are the ones that really, you know, kind of, ascend sadly i really hope that with the proliferation of these new markets and like models of distribution and everything that it will create pressure for Mm -hmm. an influx of new different just testing things out and not being so heavily punished for failing for it and just kind of like turn the tide a little bit just very bit by bit but maybe it'll create opportunity for like that one game it's just that one indie game and it's very very buggy and terrible but they have an awesome idea in it and then it gets recognition and then a big studio latches onto it and then we get like that's, that's kind of how i see breath of the wild in a in a like a lot of elements from it or like pulled from successes in other indie games yeah. and they're like okay what if we map that into zelda world what would it look like not that it like Zelda will be changed forever by that. Maybe it's just something they do for a couple installs and then go back to the old formula, whatever. But I don't know. That's that's definitely one of the positive aspects of like all of this crazy change from the the way things are going in terms of how games are sold. Yeah, well, I think yeah, that's part of it too. But then also people getting fed up with the corporatized gaming industry and wanting to start their own thing and create their own studio and you know do things differently than what they've had to do for the last several years and and such so i think there's there's more opportunity coming for new ips and new experiences and stuff but you're still i think a chunk of your top games are going to come from those shooter you know my hope is that I still think shooters are probably going to be always in the top of the list, but I hope that we see less repeats like we do mm-hmm. here. Like so many, like all these Call of Duties, like there's 
seven or eight or how many. There's yeah. a lot of them up there. All of these different versions, but you could probably say a lot of them are not giant leaps forward in innovation. It's like, okay, one or two yeah, years later, here's a little bit extra. But from guys, we put a hook shot in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from what I see from the trend that's happened, we sort of talked about this a little earlier that Nintendo expands the lifespan of a game by adding patches and releases huh. in the next following year or two after release. I'm hoping that less of these slots will be taken up by minimal improvements of sequels and more like... A single game that just expands like over Like Destiny. Time. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm hoping yeah. like maybe Call of Duty would go in that direction and like, you know, it has a longer lifespan one Call of Duty game, maybe for five years before the new one comes out sure. that everyone migrates to. I would so like I would hope that would release more slots for well, others th- to breach this list. I don't know. I can't say for a couple of the past Call of Duty games, but for the new one, they're doing something similar to the kind of Fortnite formula where they're doing a seasonal yeah. type stuff where they That's roll where out going. new content and such. So it kind of and they put in new game modes and such and so it's you know there's the stuff that stays obviously, but there's stuff that's always coming out that's new and you know yeah. Wait, Fortnite. Why is that not on this list? What the what? It's Fortnite free and it just has in-game it's stuff? It's free, yeah. It's in-game stuff. Yeah. I guess Otherwise, this it'd is, be number one? This is not as... Rep- well, I'd be curious, like... How it's stacked up. How it's stacked up. Yeah. Well, like, lists like this can be harder to make because how do you... Fortnite's obviously would break this list if it was sold yeah. traditionally, but with all of these free-to-play, but you have in-game purchases. Yeah, there's nothing in here that is really telling us about... You know, if you because there are games that have initial buy-in and in-game purchases, none of that. I, think I guess you'd have to see a total profit. Yeah, or total. I'm actually more interested if there was a way to accurately get the metric for player engagement mm-hmm. for all these games in this time span. That would be really interesting to me. It's like, what if you bought one of these games but you played an hour and then you checked it? Yeah, yeah. versus like total play time for yeah. the entire community combined. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It also, be interesting, like target demographic not target demographic so much but like player base are there players generally from the ages of like in people in their 20s or is it more kids and stuff that are playing them or you know yeah obviously that's a touchy subject because then you're sharing people's personal data (laughs) well that's out there (laughs) (laughs) uh well unless anyone else has anything to add except for that freaking DLC character. I don't feel, I feel like we don't need to go on about it, but they just announced that Fire Emblem character is the next DLC in Smash, and I'm over <sighs> it. Come on, guys. Come on. It's another sword user. Oh my god, it's the Which, same. Like, all of Fire Emblem How characters many characters? Are sword users. Plus the sword users from other games. They even did a joke in the trailer. They lined them all up on a yeah. stage. Anyway, Let's just say Lame. I hope they knock it out of the park with the next batch of DLC characters because this one was thoroughly underwhelming. And a new fighter pass? Yeah! I'll probably get it, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Although the character looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. I do like what... Now, this I do really like. The new characters that they've been throwing in have very different... Uh, they've tweaked the traditional... Smash formula for what a fighter can do. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. They're kind of expounding on that. Um, but it's not something that's like a game-breaking thing where, you know, there's an exploit or something like that. It's just like it's a different way of playing 
but yeah. still balanced and yeah it's nice yeah hey at least it wasn't a castlevania character at least it wasn't a castlevania <laughs> character <laughs> and we all can be thankful for that yeah well it's a great start to 2020 i look forward to the next episode well that's all the time we have thanks for joining us and we will see you next time Thank you.